This is the Third Act Podcast, shining a spotlight on individuals, charities, and small business owners suffering from illness, economic shutdown, or lack of support and funding. Meaningful conversations that generate compassion and financial support from listeners compelled to join us on this journey to improve the lives of others. I'm gonna dance with the stranger, I'm gonna enjoy your show. I'm gonna learn to forget and really let it go. And most of all, I wanna shine a light on good and look to give back. And that's what I'll do with my third, third act. And now your host, Roger Steed. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Third Act Podcast. I have been looking forward to this podcast for months as my introduction to Cares of Farmington Hills was brought to my attention by a friend, Elaine Groman. This crucial and caring organization sits on 10 and a half beautiful acres of grounds where the Catholic Church of St. Alexander's sat until it was closed in 2014. One of the critical players who knew the community well and was well aware that the food pantry, which remained open to the community after the closing of the church, was a much needed resource for families that counted on it every week. The gentleman I am talking about is my guest today. His name is Todd Lippa, and he is the executive director of CARES of Farmington Hills. Todd has been instrumental in starting CARES and seeing it through the early years of development with a kind heart and a knowledge of what the community needs. Todd's history as director of Farmington Hills Youth and Family Services for many years placed him in the perfect role to see firsthand that many families in the community needed food security along with other personal services. I was excited to visit the Campus of Hope recently and see the current operations and visit with Todd and Elaine and hear about their plans and dreams. It is my pleasure at this point to introduce Todd to the Third Act community and hear more about CARES and what he has in store as we continue to improve throughout the summer. Welcome, Todd. Thank you, Roger. It's a true honor and I feel very blessed to be able to be with you today and sharing our story of CARES and Farmington Hills. No, thank you for coming on. Thanks for sharing your story and also providing the time today. I know many on the call are in different states and different parts of uh, Southeast Michigan. So for those folks on the podcast, could you please give a little bit about the passion and mission of CARES and what CARES is about today and what has been happening over the past, say, six months? Roger, when you and I met and with Elaine Groman's tremendous support and a true caring board of directors that we have here. Way back in 2014, early on, we knew that we needed something to take place to keep supporting our families. And the idea was we could take this pantry that was already supporting people in St. Alexander's Church and expand on that. Um, So we tried to purchase the property in 2014 with the Archdiocese we moved to 2017 and they finally saw the the light as i call it and started conversations with us and 
thankfully, one of the pastors here at St. Gerald's Church, Father Chris, was um, instrumental in helping us to get the Archdiocese to look at our proposal and the program and the project and the entire 10 and a half acres. And that came to fruition on April or on July 1st, 2017. And it's been just a tremendous opportunity to see just how important it is to have a campus appropriate. We started out with about 150 families that grew to about 250 to 300 families by 18. And then we'd walk in and have a chance to be able to shop, pick up your items, check out like anyone else. And I really appreciated it as the Youth and Family Services Director. You know, we grew one of those largest programs in the country right there. And I see that kids weren't afraid to be with their parents. And that really, as a youth director, sparked the real energy for me because the hardest thing for a young person is to come into something that makes you feel like you're second class. And what I started to hear people say, mom, this is like going to, the, to a grocery store or grandma, this is, let's go to the little grocery store. That was enlightening. Then comes March of 2018. Two things were happening. My full-time job with the city of Farmington Hills, we're getting ready to celebrate 25 years of after-school programs. Same time, that program has to be shut down. Schools are closed. The city's got to close down. And we're hoping that those youth programs can come back in the fall when things are safer. But here at CARES, luckily, we had two and a half years to prepare for what would be then the biggest crisis we would ever see. And by the middle of March, we knew that we were in trouble. We turned around and found partners. In March and April, we had food galore brought to us. Cisco Foods, others just brought trucks loads of food that we were able to support many families. About 1,200 families came through in the month of May. How do we keep this going? Knowing people couldn't come in and shop, we didn't have enough volunteers. By midsummer, we were doing 350 to 400. Come fall in September and October, we were seeing upwards of high 400s. And just these past few months, we've been seeing between 450 and 525 families. I think it's um, a wonderful story. And you mentioned in your commentary that one of the overreaching thoughts that you continue to have as you develop uh, services and help people in need, families in need, is this maintaining of dignity. I really love that idea. And I think that comes out in your conversation when you speak as well as Elaine, and I'm sure through the very fine executives and volunteers you have at CARES, it really stands out. But I know it's also a little bit of an educational process. You had to do a little bit of education to city councilmen and executives around Farmington Hills, a little bit of the identity crisis. They didn't want to be associated with families in need. But we all know through the pandemic that it doesn't take much to put you on the wrong side of life. And you guys came through strongly and uh, provided a much needed service. Can you talk a little bit about that sort of, I don't know, philosophical element that you brought into CARES and you continue through that today, please? Yeah, let me share with you too, Roger, and your guests. And we so appreciate having everybody hear this story. There's two things, and I've got to go back to where I came from and what brought me to this stage also and why I care so much about what we're doing here at CARES and Farmington Hills. I have um, had some tremendous loss when I was a young person. 
And this was the place I grew up in. This was my church. And at times, my father, because of the loss of my mother, would come here to receive some support. Not always the best, because it was the box type of food when you walked out. And that sort of stuck in my head. And then when we started the youth program in 1995, early 1996, what happened there is at that time, Mayor Nancy Bates came to me. I was working at the Detroit News. And we're starting to see escalations in juvenile crime, even in our own community. We started to see things that we wanted to get ahead of instead of trying to catch it later on. So we made an application to the state and received a grant to the city of Farmington Hills to start an after-school program. Our theory was so different than many. We decided to have an after-school program that opened up four or five different sites where kids could come to, buses could bring them there, made it really easy. Success is our greatest tool, and 300 kids were telling us it was the right place to go every day. In the long run, 17,000 kids later, we knew that we made the right decision. The same thing happened in 2014, when I had the opportunity to go and start CARES in front of the hills. It's an educational piece for all of us. That, you know, it, don't matter, it doesn't really matter where you live or where you come from. There's always going to be people that need each other. And we have so forgotten that in so many ways. But in two, we also have the opportunity to afford our bridge card holders who live around us or need to come in here and buy groceries. They get an automatic 10% discount and can earn um, opportunities to get a few free products that typically you can't buy, like laundry soap. Things. Our little 1,500 square foot market has between 700 and 800 items in it. It's clean. It's easy. It's all run by volunteers. We have one paid staff, but that was through a grant that we received from a group. And it's just an amazing thing to watch each and every month the market grow. And the perfect, beautiful part of all that is as we grow the market, the proceeds of that market 100% go back into helping us pay for the free food that we give away each and every month. That's, it's a beautiful thing. And uh, you were kind enough to introduce me to the lady that uh, runs the uh, the store. Yeah, Sharon Brandle. She is our market director, comes with a ton of experience, 20 years in the grocery business. And amazingly, she has just made that operation perfect. We're open every day, uh, Monday through Friday, 10 to 4 and then 10 to 2 on Saturday afternoons. The hope is that our bridge card users could come here and save a little bit. We also hope that folks understand that if you gotta go buy a loaf of bread and some eggs, whatever amount of money is made on that goes right back to buying something else, which the great thing is we've got a great partner like Leaders who we purchase our food from every month. Yeah, that's great, that's great. Before we go on to future plans, if we have people on the podcast that want to get connected with CARES and maybe even volunteer, what would you suggest they do? Well, the best is to go right online. Go online to www.caresfh.org. And when you get out of CARES, they can always call me directly at 248-231-8493. Great, we will definitely put the contact information on um, both the show notes of the uh, podcast and also on the newsletter next week so folks can get a copy of that. Let's talk a little bit about the future of CARES and what you and the team and the executives are 
thinking about as we roll out into the rest of 21 and maybe even future years? Give us a little game plan of strategy planning, if you will. Well, we just put a grant in to remodel our entire free pantry area. We want to make it look just like the market as a store that everybody can be proud to walk in and receive their goods from. That's our biggest plan right now. Our hope is to really turn this into a true campus of hope. We there to help people get information, to navigate them to the resources that are available to them. So if someone was to walk in and say, I fall on hard times, did I get a bridge card? These two folks will be able to get them to where they need to go. If they fell on hard times in utility bills or rent, we'd be able to return to the resource. If it was a water problem, like a couple of years ago, we had a woman who ran into a water problem in an excessive bill, come to find out it was a leak in her yard. You know, we knew to call the water department and right away fixed it for us. Um, a lot of times when you're running in a, in a scared mode, you don't even know where to turn. That can uh, can help with that. So our navigation center is our first big thing that we're partnering with. Hopefully Beaumont Hospital is working with us on that. The next is, as we go around our campus, we really want to see a major component that and we're hearing is a real need in our community and surrounding us. And that's a free clinic. They have them in places like Detroit and Pontiac, but no one thinks you need that out here. And we need it in the suburbs. We need right. it for these 500 plus families. We've got 800 families on our database. So we'd love to partner with an organization. We've been talking to a couple. And just today, I have our new outline and our new plan for the building. Our architect sent it to us. So we'd have a about a 7,000 square foot building that would house housing needs for our clinic. Going around the property, it would take us to then working with Elaine and a few of her organizations that have come on board in the grant that she received. We have a in-ground garden, about a 20 to 30 foot in-ground garden, and then also a greenhouse garden that we're gonna maintain. Part of that is to not only teach people how to feed for them food for themselves, but also help us support our needs here at the pantry. Our baseball field, we've been in conversation with South Farmington Baseball and with the company that we're working with and donating their time and energy. We want to fix up our old softball field that was here and turn it into a really nice so that kids and families can use it here. And we also have a community center, a small one, but we want to put a community center out here where we can do educational programs. You right. know, first took on this operation, financial institutions wanted to do trainings here, and we did them in the former church. But I kept thinking, why would we want to do a financial training? But it wasn't about where to invest your money, because if you don't have any, how do you invest it? <laughs> right. What it was, was how not to get any deeper in debt. How do you use your credit card correctly? How do you make good decisions with the money you do have? How can you save a little bit more? And when that information resonated with me, I thought, yeah, we have to have financial institutions come on board and teach. And then we have a plan to put a gym on the property so that some of our families can work out together, exercise or play ball, whatever they might want to do. We have a quarter mile walking path on the property that we want to install and make it safe for people to walk. Even though we're not a spiritual location, sometimes you just need to reflect whatever that is in your reflection. It may be um, just the peace and quiet of being able to sit in a peaceful place um, to reflect on what do I do next to make my life a little bit better. 
I, I see it happening. I, I know you and Elaine and I have no doubt it's going to, you're going to accomplish what you want. I hope to be part of that as it continues. I guess we need to talk a little about, and unfortunately, we always don't want to talk about fundraising, but it's part of the deal. But uh, you've been blessed, as you've shared with me and Elaine has shared with some timely donations and gifts. Uh, how do you think about fundraising and what do you have planned for 2021 as we uh, roll out throughout the rest of the year? Well, in 21, we hope that those that have committed will stay on board with us. We hope that people remind themselves that it's not only right now that people have food inefficiency issues, but people will always need support. We're also looking at a couple of fundraisers that we can bring back when it's safe. Having people, we did two or three fundraisers. Our biggest fundraiser of the year is always our Thanksgiving reflection. But to guarantee that we have quality product, we have to buy it. So about 80% of the food that we pass out is purchased. So that costs us a lot of money. To run, a, to run three buildings, is expensive. So fundraising is a big help to us. It doesn't raise anywhere near what we need. But we're really hoping that large corporations, philanthropic foundations, will look at a place like ours and really see the value. We have tremendous support from a lot of corporations. We have now support from our community. We have support from our two cities and surrounding cities. I think it's really going to be important that people know that no matter where you're located, it's not a bad idea to get involved. There's naming rights that we can give folks. There's opportunity to build a building and put your name on it. Like the clinic, I'm open to the first person that wants to help us build the clinic. Let's put their name on it. If you want to help us to build the what we call right now the right center, because that was the pastor who was here for 30 plus years, but that can have a name on it. Um, the entire campus, um, one of the opportunities we talked to a very philanthropic foundation that unfortunately said no to us in the beginning we offered them naming rights on the entire property so it be cares and those on the campus out so those are the kind of opportunities i don't believe we can do this without someone really stepping up to the plate it was very much the same thing that we did with the after school youth program we had to get a lot of people to believe in it we had to get some big corporations to believe in it and what makes me excited about that is I've already started here, especially over this past year. So I'm really hoping that if folks out there are listening, fundraising to any nonprofit is very important. But it's the beauty of what I've just learned here is one of the things that we hope to keep at a reasonable rate is the amount of staff that we have and how much we spend in staffing. We know we have to have more staff to run the operation one, but how do we keep that at the right level? We turn around too, and we talked about the market. Well, the market, just yesterday, I asked Sharon a little bit about the market. We have a 1% or less waste. <laughs> the beauty of that, and most markets are running six to 10% waste. We run one to less than 1%. And the reason we have that is because when the food gets close to being out of date, we take it over to the free pantry and share it with our guests and then put new food on the market. And that really helps because the cost difference isn't that great, but we're not wasting anything. I'm happy to show anyone our project. And Roger, as you may have witnessed yourself, 
there's something about this ten and a half acres that just warrants even want to be on the property. It's hard to understand just the concept when you're looking at our, our year-end report or going under our website. But when you see it and when you feel it, there is a huge difference in what we can make as a change. You know, and I'm a firm believer it only takes a second for our life to make a change. Oh, I totally agree with that. And I will agree that taking a look around and seeing the potential, it's uh, it's pretty awesome. There's no question what you're going to be able to build as time goes by. But I think you and I shared a discussion. Just I just want to end on before we uh, close up today. But it's the, the negative of the pandemic. We both know and we saw people suffering and even ourselves. We didn't know where to turn uh, because things were so in flux. But out of that difficulty came many blessings and many positive acts of kindness and acts of compassion and acts of getting involved. I think that's the magic of CARES, the magic of what's going on in the country as a whole. And I think the kindness of people is really starting to shine through. Thank you. And I really believe that this year of uncertainty, watching our kids not go to school, watching people not be able to walk in their place of faith, it's really opened our eyes and maybe we needed something to open our eyes a little bit. I feel so bad for those that look across their living room or their table or wherever they might be and not have a loved one there because of this ugly virus. My heart goes out to each and every one. But at the same time, as we look across a, a negative, we gotta look for what happened in that pot that made it positive. And what I look at is I'm hoping that, you know, it's such a simple thing is to have Kindness, to be kind. Kindness is a simple act. It costs you nothing to be kind. The measure of someone's gift can't always just be what they gave. Sometimes it has to be, what did I give from my heart? This is a really compassionate thing. This is a very big thing that Liz, you so well illustrated the other day. You know, it's our third act. What do we do? Um, a lot of times, you know, the first act, and some kids talking to us, um, you do whatever you can do just to get ahead. You want to make your name. You want to have your success. So you work on that for many years. And then there comes that point in your life where you're having some success. So you build on it. And then you gather all your toys and things that you can gather to, to show the world that you've been successful. But then like you and I and many others, we get to that stage in our life where we say, what am I going to leave that's going to make a difference? to those that I don't even know. And it's you, your title of your organization, you know, the third act is perfect. You know, none of us know when our third act will be over, but as long as we can, we should do something with our third act. We should make a difference. And that's the place where I can start to create, start to see, and when that day comes, I'm hoping that someone else can step right into the role and even do things better than I can do. And that goes back to when my day comes that I walk away from the, the job that I have loved for the past 26 years and what I created out of nothing with the after school program. I know and feel very well that some of these young folks that are going to take that over when I decide to walk away are going to do it differently, but they're going to do it great because the foundation was laid. And I think that's what CARES really was able to develop since March of last year was a foundation to say, we are here, we're not going anywhere, 
We need your support. We need your care. We need your kindness. But we're here, and we want you to be a part of something that is going to be bigger than some of us can really Todd, I think you found your purpose. I really do. I think it's it's happening. And I'm so happy to have met you. Happy that you did the podcast with me today. And we can spread the word a little bit and hopefully uh, garner a few more friends that can help CARES and help develop your programs. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for, my, for your time and uh, look forward to talking to you in the future. Thank you for, so much. Same here. Please join our family. See it, come feel it and see what we can do to make a difference. Thank you, Roger. Thanks for having Third Act so available to us and reminding us we all have to do what we can as much time as we have on this. Thanks, Todd. Thank you very much. Have a great day. You too. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Third Act Podcast. To find out more about who we are spotlighting, how to get involved, or find show notes on today's episode, go to wearethirdact.com. With my third